Greetings, ladies and mendigants, and welcome to this latest episode of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY. The links to all the stories will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider subscribing. Story number one. Report to the Galactic Conference concerning the recovery of logs of the High Fleet ship Indomitable. As many of you know, contact with the Indomitable was lost eight cycles ago. Since no Galactic Conference High Fleet ship has ever been lost before, it was assumed that some cosmic event such as an unexpected supernova or an enchanted encounter in a quantum singularity was the cause of her demise. However, with the recovery of her log buoy, it can now be unequivocally confirmed that she was destroyed by a pre-FTL civilization. To those of you reading this report who find it impossible to believe, it was decided that the only way to deliver this report was to allow the logs to speak for themselves. Attached below, you'll find not only the captain's log, but also excerpts from the engineering and security officers. Only log entries that be associated with the loss of the ship are included in this report. Transcribers note, the logs will be transcribed exactly as they were recorded and original crew members. No editing or paraphrasing is used. The only difference between the original recordings and the transcription here is the removal of routine entries not pertinent to the demise of the Indomitable. The full transcription, including the non-pertinent entries, can be provided on request. Captain's Log, Galactic Year 237803.551 Sensors have detected processed metals in deep space. Far from any galactic conference outpost, we have set to intercept course to determine the source of the sensor readings. Captain's Log, Galactic Year 237803.553 the source of the sensor readings has been located. It is a primitive sublight probe from a pre-FTL civilization. The probe has been brought on board and examined. Close inspection of the probe revealed its origins far easier than we would have ever considered possible. Much to our surprise, the beings that launched the probe actually included instructions for finding their homeworld. Considering the primitive design and construction materials used, it is probably the probe's origin world is rich in mineral resources and would likely be a fine addition to the Galactic Conference as a resource world. As required by Directive 102, I have established a course to the world that launched the probe. Captain's Log, Galactic Year 237803.556 Upon entering the system indicated to contain the origin of the world of the probe, we first encountered several gas giants of little importance. However, deeper within the system, we encountered an asteroid field rich in minerals that would indicate in a rocky world with great mineral wealth. The first rocky world we encountered was rather an interesting reddish planet composed of mostly iron and rock. There was no sapient life or any animal activity for that matter. Continuing deeper into the system, we encountered the origin world of Probe. It was a moderately sized world composed of metallic rock accumulated by approximately 70% of its surface area, covered in water. It supports a civilization of approximately 7.5 billion sapient lifeforms and is known by the indigenous inhabitants as Earth. As is common with most pre-FDR worlds, there is no one ruling government or organization. The world seems to be divided into around 200 nation-states. 
However, closer examination has revealed that there are three to four of these nation-states that seem to hold great sway over the rest of the planet. With such a sizable population inhabiting such a resource-rich planet, Galactic Conference Directive 102 Section D would seem to apply. As per Directive 102, we have annexed this world in the name of the Galactic Conference. Communications have been established with the governments and the four mentioned major nation-states. They were informed of the annexation of their world and that they would be acting as representatives of the rest of the planet. The leaders of the four nations had been provided with copies of the Galactic Directives of Civilization translated into the appropriate indigenous languages, as well as a breakdown of the tribute that they would be expected to pay as a member of the Galactic Conference. Note, based on my calculations when considering their level of technology as well as the population density, the tribute worked out to approximately 22% of the worldwide refined metal output. I informed them that this number was subject to change based on a final ruling from the Galactic Conference Council. As the customary when annexing a world, I also informed them that we would return in just over one of their soda years to collect the initial tribute for payment. As per Galactic Conference Directive 102 Section D, Subsection 8, I also informed them that failure to meet their required tribute would result in the forfeiture of one major city. Captain's Log, Galactic Year 237-804.501 We have returned to the primitive planet known as Earth, where we were met with a salvo of primitive nuclear-armed chemical rockets, with our defense weapons easily countered. Such as the first response to annexation has been seen before, and was not completely unexpected. Following their attack, as per Directive 102 Section G, Subsection 11, a large centrally located city was targeted in the show of force. A single null matter bomb was detonated, disintegrating the city and surrounding area. Based on their own population reports, I estimated casualties to be approximately 2.5 to 4.5 million. After the deployment of the null matter bomb, I reiterated the particulars of Galactic Conference Directive 102 and informed them that we would return in one more solar cycle to collect their tribute, along with a late payment penalty. They were also informed that any further resistance would result in the loss of two cities, as well as doubling of their required tribute for the next 20 solar cycles. Captain's Log, Galactic Gear 237805.610 once again, we have returned to the primitive world known as Earth. As expected, after our previous show of force, the inhabitants are more than ready to pay the required Galactic Conference tribute. Since they are pre-FDL civilization, a series of cargo shuttles are being prepared for landing in order to collect our initial tribute. Considering the size of the required tribute from this world, it will require at least several trips to collect or full tribute. This world promises to be a profitable addition to the Galactic Conference. Captain's Log, Galactic Year 237805.700 With the addition of the tribute from the primitive world known as Earth, we now have a full cargo hold of materials to be returned to the Galactic Conference homeworld. As per our standard orders, we have set course for home, and even though it'll take us nearly two years to get there, I, for one, will be glad to see it again. Captain's Log, Galactic Year 237807.002 we will settle down for a long trip home. It has now been 62 sleep cycles since our last stop in the primitive world known as Earth. All ship functions are behaving normally, and crew morale is the best I've seen it for some time. No doubt the prospect of returning home to families after such a long deployment has everyone feeling good. 
Personal note, I seem to have misplaced my portable computer interface. I was sure I left it on my desk a few nights ago when I retired for the night, but could not find it the next morning. Perhaps I have some mightily placed it somewhere else. I am sure it'll turn up eventually. Captain's Log Galactic Year 237807.106 The daily routine of long-distance FDR travel can get to be a little boring. Day after day of doing the same thing is an unfortunate consequence of deep space missions, but the prospect of returning home softens the bedrudgery. Even though we are not quite halfway through the final leg of our journey, it seems that I can almost see the faces of my family. I'm sure that the rest of the crew feels the same as I do. The only one out of the ordinary that I've reported is that the chief engineer is also missing his portable computer interface. I never did find my missing unit and chalked it up to my own inattention. However, a few days ago the chief engineer reported that his unit had also disappeared. Perhaps some crew member from a poorer family is endeavoring to supplement his income by selling the units when we get home. It is not unheard of for the conscript crew member to have sticky fingers. I guess we'll have to search everyone's personal effects when we get home. No doubt we'll find them then, as well as reveal the identity of the thief. Captain's Log, Galactic Gear 237-807.304 We've had a series of minor technical glitches in the last few days. At first, most of them did not even carry enough importance to warrant a log entry, but now I'm not so sure. These technical glitches seem to be compounding. Most of the problems we have encountered seem to be unrelated, yet they continue to happen. In light of this, I thought it best to make some official entry on the off chance that something more serious may be going on. Captain's Log, Galactic Year 237-807.317 Our technical glitches seem to be getting worse, and we still cannot ascertain the cause, or even how it could possibly be related. Some glitches are simple as automatic doors feigning to open when required, or a food dispenser dispersing the wrong food when requested. However, some glitches are much more serious. Late last night, while most of the crew were sleeping, life support mysteriously and silently failed at a large portion of the enlisted crew's quarters. Had it not been for the alertness of a junior engineer, I fear that we would have lost thousands of crew members. Chief Engineer's Log Galactic Year 237-807.322 Last night, life support failed was unlikely anything that I've ever encountered before. An atmospheric reprocessing pump seems to have gone offline and somehow caused a cascading failure that affected nearly a quarter of the ship. Such a chain reaction failure should not be possible. At least, not without sounding the alarms all over the ship, but somehow the failure progressed throughout the system silently without tripping any alarms. I was so sure that if such an event was impossible that I have informed the captain that it must have been a result of sabotage. However, as much as I look, I can't find any evidence of tampering with our systems. As it stands, I can only assume that there must be something that I have overlooked. Captain's Log, Galactic Gear 237-807.323 The chief engineer's suggestion that we may have a saboteur on board has rattled me. I can think of no other time than recorded history of the military of the Galactic Council where any member, officer, or enlisted has stooped so low to commit the act of treason. Considering that the chief engineer has been unable to offer any evidence of such an action, I must consider the possibility that his imagination has been running away on him. I have ordered him to redouble his efforts and find the true source of these malfunctions. Security, Chief's Log, Galactic Year 237-807.414 
Four of my best lieutenants failed to show up for their duty shifts this morning. Checking on their quarters indicated that their beds were slept in, but it is as if though they disappeared to thin air in the middle of the night. I could explain one or two of the lieutenants missing their duty shifts, but not four. The rest of the men were talking and some were worried. Some of the more superstitious had been suggesting that we have taken on by evil spirits. Of course, I don't believe in such things, but I am still at a loss to explain their disappearances. Captain's Log, Galactic Year 237807.513 Much to the relief of the crew, no malfunctions for a few days, but we have had a new mystery on our hands. In addition to the disappearance of four security officers reported by the security chief a few days ago, several engineers are now missing. As such, with the security officers, it appears as though the missing personnel vanished right from their beds in the middle of the night. I'm at a loss to explain their absence. I have ordered a full search of the ship from top to bottom, but as of yet, no trace of the missing crew members have been found. The rumors and speculation as to the cause of their disappearance has the crew on edge. Captain's Log, Galactic Year 237807.664 It has happened again. The life support systems malfunctioned last time. This time, it was not discovered until it was too late. According to the chief engineer, one of the missing crew members had caught the life support malfunction the first time it happened. I must report that due to his absence, the malfunction was not discovered, and the loss of all 2,700 of our best soldiers. Our entire compilation of shock marines died in their sleep last night. What a truly horrible way for a warrior to die. I have ordered the section of the ship sealed off and depressurized in the hope that vacuum and cold of space will preserve their bodies until they can be given an honorable burial on their homeworld. A failure of such a magnitude with such a large loss of life would normally require a summary execution of the chief engineer responsible. However, considering the events leading up to the accident, as well as our current situation, I'm not so sure it's his responsibility. In fact, I'm not so sure what is happening. Perhaps the superstitious crew members are right after all. Maybe we are cursed. Security Chief's Log, Galactic Gear 237807.701 More security personnel are missing. This morning, nine more crew members failed to report. Four security officers and five engineering crew members have disappeared. As with the previous disappearances, it appears that they dissolved into thin air in the middle of the night. Nerves are on edge and people are looking over their shoulders. In all my years of service, I have never experienced anything like this. It has been suggested that no one sleep alone, despite my misgivings about putting line officers in such compromising positions. I have agreed, and am going forward all senior security and engineering personnel will bunk in three to a room. Chief Engineer's Log, Galactic Year 237807.751 I have no explanation. For days now, I have examined the ship systems and can find no reason for the failure that took the lives of so many people. I fully expected the captain to implement General Order 19 and execute me for my failure. I am pleased that he did not choose to end my life, but even now I wonder if he did the right thing. Since the life support failure, the others' less devastating failures have returned. Perhaps I am a failure. What else could explain why I've been unable to locate the source of these seemingly random malfunctions? Captain's Log, Galactic Year 237-807.788 We were becalmed. I used the language of the ancient seafarers because of little else supplies. During the night last night, our FTL drive went offline. 
We are more than 10 light years from the nearest conference outpost, as well as far off from the normal space travel lanes. I fear that unless the chief engineer could diagnose and repair the latest problem, it could be years before we are rescued, if ever. Chief Engineer's Log Galactic Gear 237-807.791 I finally have my proof. It took days of troubleshooting and crawling around in the dark work and access tunnels, but I finally have proof that someone has been sabotaging us all this time. Deep within the bowels of the FTL engines, I discovered that the energy flow disruptors had been removed. Energy flow disruptors are reliable and durable that in the history of my service to the council, I have never seen one that needed repair. In fact, they are so reliable and durable that they are not even monitored by for malfunction. They are not a moving part or an energy flow distributor is little more than a pipe with holes in the right spots. We don't even carry spares on board. I guess I could have one of my best men attempt to make one as a replacement, but considering the criticality of the machining required along with the fact that most of my best men have disappeared into thin air, I am less optimistic about our chances of success. Captain's Log, Galactic Year 237-807.792 Thanks to the Chief Engineer's discovery, we now know for the fact that we have a traitor or a saboteur on board. Due to the expertness used in disabling our FDL drive, it is also clear to everyone that the saboteur must be one of the engineering crew. Never in the history of the Galactic Council has a crew member behaved in such a way. We have yet to identify the culprit. Is it one of the missing crew members, or is it someone else who has managed to conceal their identity? In either case, I shall conduct an execution personally when the perpetrator is uncovered. Security Chief's Log, Galactic Year 237-807.794 As per the captain's orders, we are continuing to search the ship. My men are crawling through every access tunnel and mechanical conduit on the ship, but given the size of the Indomitable, compounded by the tragic loss of our military force, it'll take days to complete the search. Even so, I have no doubt that we will uncover the culprit. When we do, I will watch with joy while the captain executes that honorless traitor. One thing that bothers me, though, although I can easily see how a single determined person could be responsible for all the technical malfunctions, how is it possible that one treasonous crew member to have affected the disappearance of nearly 22 members? Security Chief's Log, Galactic Year 237-807.796 Three dead! I still cannot believe it. Following the captain's orders, my security personnel were conducting a detailed search of the mechanical areas of the ship, when they were attacked. The survivors were so traumatized and unnerved that it took hours to get anything out of them. In their stupor and fear-driven madness, they kept babbling about demons in the darkness. Whatever these demons are, they are unlike anything we've encountered before. As near as we can discern, they attack in surprising groups. They appear to be more at home in the dark than the light. They are wielding some type of weapon that spits metallic projectiles at high velocity, coupled with a disabling explosive sound that unnerves anyone hearing range. When the projectile encounters flesh and bone, they tear through it as they tear through tissue paper, maiming and disfiguring the poor victims in ways unthinkable to any civilized race. One of my surviving security personnel had his arm torn off completely off from his body and his nightmarish weapons. For eons, it has been the law that every civilized race that all weapons must be designed as to either disable without lasting injury or kill outright. 
Weapons that cause long-lasting or permanent injury or maim have been outlawed on every planet in the galaxy. What barbaric race could have even conceived of such an insidious nightmare that we face now? I cannot even locate any volunteers to recover the bodies of the dead. Everyone is convinced that the moment they enter the Dark Conduit, they will fall victim to these beasts. Captain's Log, Galactic Gear 237807.799 It is becoming increasingly difficult to maintain order on this ship. A junior engineering officer managed to create reasonable facsimiles of our missing energy flow distributors. However, our attempts at installing them have been unmitigated disaster. My chief engineer and two junior engineers entered the mechanical areas of the ship in an attempt to repair the empty drive. They were accompanied by four heavily armed security personnel for protection. They reached the damaged area and began to work. Suddenly, they were beset upon by an unknown demons and the monstrous weapons. The speed and the fury of the attack was unlike anything our onboard security personnel have ever encountered or trained for. According to the reports by the survivors, it began with an explosion that blanketed the dark corridor in a blinding white light, accompanied with a concussion that instantly disoriented everyone present. Then, seemingly out of the various dark corners of the ship, black-clad figures descended upon them as their weapons spitting out hot lumps of metal that tore through flesh and bone of the repair crew and security teams alike. Three of the four security personnel were killed in the first moments of the attack. By the time the survivors escaped, there was only two left alive. My chief engineer, who is now in the medbay recovering from his wounds, and one junior engineer, who is now behaving like a frightened child. Word of the attack had spread fast, and many of the crew are becoming more convinced that these mysterious attackers are not living beings of any kind. More and more of the crew are convinced that we have angered the gods, and these attackers are evil spirits sent to punish us. I cannot say for sure what I believe, but it is safe to say that no one has encountered anything like this before. May the gods have mercy on us. Captain's Log Galactic Gear 237-807.839 The mysterious attackers are getting more bold. Crew members are continuing to disappear. I issued orders that no one was to be left alone in an attempt to prevent more disappearances, but even that seems to have not been enough. Last night, four more crew members disappeared, two from engineering and two from security. From this point forward, I have ordered that everyone travel at three at all times. We are still drifting at sublight as we lost the replacement energy flow distributors in the attack a few days ago. The junior officer who duplicated them the first time has assured me that he can make more, but what would be the point of the impossible to install them without coming under attack? We seem to be nothing more than in survival mode at this point. We have sent out numerous distress calls, but considering our position and condition, I have little hope of reply. I feel like we have no choice but to confront these demons face to face. In light of that, the junior security chief is attempting to put together a team to take a fight to them, but these crew members are not trained for such work. If only we still had our marines, we might have a chance. It is now clear that the death of those soldiers was part of a carefully orchestrated plan to leave us defenseless. What monsters fight by hiding in the dark and assassinating their victims in their sleep? It is contrary to every civilized rule of war in the galaxy. Perhaps these attackers really are demons from the Dark Realm. Captain's Log, Galactic Gear, 
237-807.902. My crew is disappearing before my very eyes. Despite our best efforts, these mysterious invaders continue to pick us off a few at a time. I cannot even begin to comprehend where they are going to. Are they being held somewhere deep within the bowels of the ship, or are they being executed and their bodies being thrown overboard? More than a hundred crew members are now unaccounted for. It has become impossible to continue with the day-to-day operations of the ship. The remaining crew members are huddled in groups refusing to leave the security of common areas. Fear has overridden any semblance of military decorum. My orders are followed begrudgingly and ineffectually, when they are followed at all. Most of the remaining crew members' time is spent simply staying out of the way and these damn demons of night. Captain's Log, Galactic Gear 237-807.951 We have been divided. Last night we had a total power failure. For long minutes it appeared as though we were done for. With our power, the slow death of asphyxiation would be our only release from the nightmare that we found ourselves in. The knowledge that our tormentors would die with us was our only respite from the gloom and the dishonorable death that we were facing. But just as it appeared to be lost, power was restored. With the restoration, the reason for the power loss itself became clear. The demons used that time to isolate several sections of the ship. While we were cowering in fear, anticipating death, they were diligently working to isolate us from one another. Nearly a hundred of us are now isolated in the recreation area of the ship with no way to leave because of the intervening areas of the ship are now exposed to the vacuum of space. There are limited supplies in that section of the ship. It is likely most of the crew members will die of starvation within several days. Under normal circumstances, it would be simple matter to repair the damaged areas of the ship and restore life support to those areas. But these are not normal times. I now have less than a hundred crew left to work with, and most of those are too frightened to be of any use. Captain's Log, Galactic Year 237-807.991 How did it come to this? There is less than twenty of us left. We have sealed ourselves on the main bridge in the hope that someone heard our distress call and would come for our salvation. Even though we have sealed behind blocked bulkheads, we still hear the demons moving around us, it is as though they are crawling around in the very walls of the ship. What beast fights like this? What unspeakable monster lurks in the shadows, picking off innocent crew members in the darkness of the night? These mysterious invaders clearly display an advanced intelligence and problem-solving abilities, but they hide in the dark and behave like rabid animals. I have called on the gods for help, but I now believe that even the gods themselves are afraid to show their faces to these horrors of the darkness. There is no one that can help us. Why did this happen? I fear that death will be our only reprieve. Captain's Log, Galactic Year 237-808 I am not sure of the date. I am alone. For days the invaders kept us isolated on the bridge. Finally, they struck. Explosions breached the main bridge bulkhead, and we found ourselves face to face with our attackers. They appeared to be roughly bipedal and bilaterally symmetrical, in form as the most sapient races in the galaxy. They resemble most galactic conference members in the form, but are somewhat smaller and size than normal. But it is clear to me that anyone else who encounters them, their size is deceptive. From their black attire that covers them from head to toe, their night vision enhanced technology, the attackers are a force to be reckoned with. 
In the confusion of the assault, I was able to escape to an air duct. I cannot believe that I have been reduced to this. The captain of the largest high fleet ship in the Galactic Conference, crawling around air ducts like some insect. I will continue to monitor these demons as best to my ability and continue to log entries as long as I'm able to. Captain's Log, Galactic Year 237 something something. I've now been crawling around these ventilation ducts for days. I have learned much on these demons in the darkness that took over my ship. I took several days before I learned where they came from. At first, I could not believe it, but they are from Earth. How was it possible for them to have even gotten aboard? We detected no ships. Our sensors showed no security breaches. Their technology was not advanced enough to have overcome our security. It took me several more days of spying on them from the ventilation system before I learned how they got by our scans. They had hidden in the tribute. One madman even considered such an insane plan. Their technology is chemically powered so their weapons did not appear as any scans or trigger any alarms. Even more amazing is the fact that there was no possible way Earth people could have known whether or not the cargo bins were even pressurized. These humans uh, took that risk. They risked being exposed to the death of vacuum or space just to get on board. If humans are willing to do this, what else are they capable of? And once they were on board, they bided their time. They accessed the very same ventilation ducts I now find myself confined to. They spied on us for months while learning everything they could about us. They learned our weaknesses, our strengths long before they struck. And then, when they did strike, it was a devious and calculated. They purposely made their first actions appear as simple malfunctions so that they lull us into a false sense of calm. It was not until the life support malfunction that we even began to suspect what was happening and was by design. What kind of cursed world even gives rise to a species that fights like this? Captain's Log, Galactic Year 237... Uh, it's not important anymore. I have learned their plans. They have set about to return the ship to full operational capacity, and they are progressing quickly. I fear it may only be days before they have complete control of the Indomitable, at which time they plan to return to Earth and reverse-engineer our technology. They plan to come for us. Dear gods, they are planning to attack the conference homeworld and get what they call payback for Paris. I assume that this is the name of the city we destroyed on Earth. Apparently, they viewed our display of force in full declaration of war. Although they paid their tribute upon return, it appears that they began formulating this plan of retribution as soon as we left their system the first time. The more I learned about these humans from the Earth, the more I feared them... Normal, civilized races conduct war in an organized manner. Armies are fielded in the daylight, battles are fought, and the strongest wins. That is the way of the galaxy. It has always been the way of the galaxy. But these humans, they don't behave like civilized species. They fight from the shadows and darkness. They sneak behind unsuspecting officers and kill them from hidden places. They're scheming those low bounds. In an honorable war, the strongest always wins, but these humans don't fight honorably. They have even developed technology to enhance their devious nature. They have technology that allows them to see in total darkness. What species would even consider such a dishonorable device? What insanity would convince someone to begin a battle at night? But such is the nature of the threat we now face. 
May the gods preserve us all. Captain Slog, the date doesn't matter. Last night I overheard the humans talking about their future plans. They know that I'm still hiding on board and are now coming for me. It'll only be a matter of time before I'm captured. They have repaired the ship and have even convinced some of the captured crew members to help them. As near as I can tell, all crew members in the human service are conscripts from recently annexed worlds. Although there has never been a successful rebellion against the Galactic Conference, many worlds are not happy with the status quo. I have warned my superiors many times that this was not a good idea to allow people from recently conquered worlds to serve on Space Force, but my concerns were always dismissed as overly paranoid. Possibly, once the Galactic Conference Council reads these logs, if they ever do, that policy will be reconsidered. Whatever the case, my days of freedom, if you can call hiding and crawling through the air ducts freedom, are soon to be at an end. Captain's Final Log They have found my hiding place. I'm surrounded. In minutes I will be a prisoner of the humans. Please, whoever reads this log, I implore you, do not doubt the capability or resolve of these demons who call themselves human. I have no doubt that any attempt to fight them result in the disaster of epic proportions. A few months ago, I would have laughed in the face of anyone who would suggest the planet Earth could put up any resistance to the Galactic Conference. But that has all changed. Today, I finally learned how many humans were hiding in the tribute with loaded with Earth. Seventeen. Yes, there were only seventeen humans who boarded the Indomitable the day months ago. Those seventeen humans conquered the conference high fleet ship, crewed by over 3,200 crew members. I find myself not believing these very facts that I have lived through. Over 3,000 galactic conference personnel killed or captured by 17 primitive humans. It boggles the mind. Now they have the indomitable, and they also have the ingenuity to understand and duplicate her technology. On top of that, they have a mission, and that mission is nothing less than the complete overthrow of the Galactic Conference. Given enough time, the humans will win. It is not a prediction or a threat. It is a fact. If, and only if, the Galactic Conference can get these logs before the humans have a chance to duplicate our technology. Glassing their planet is our only hope. Please, if any council members are reading this log, do not take it lightly. After facing these humans and seeing what they are capable of, it is my best estimation when taking into account our current position and the required travel time back to Earth that will take only three to four cycles before the humans are well beyond our ability to deal with. Please, please heed the warning. Glass this world known as Earth as soon as you can. Forget about the resources, forget about the profits. But quick, it's a matter of our very survival. Transcribers note, at this point an explosion could be heard in the log recording. They are here. Glass the world, glass it before it's too late. You have only months. Transcribers note, at this point the audio log recording abruptly ceased. Log buoy automated log. The log buoy was jettisoned at Galactic Gear 237-808.231. The marker beacon was activated at 237-808.251, as per the delay programming by the captain of the Indomitable. Transcriber's final note, as anyone reading the log can clearly see, the log buoy was jettisoned nearly eight cycles ago. 
The captain of the Indomitable clearly stated that the humans would only need three or four cycles to become unstoppable. In light of this plan, I tender my resignation at the end of my current duty shift. Tomorrow, I plan to join the colony ship headed to a remote world as far away from the Galactic Conference homeworld as possible. Perhaps I will take up farming. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you did, please consider supporting the author from the link down below. Otherwise, if you wish to support this channel, there are numerous ways to do so, like liking, subscribing, and possibly even becoming a patron. Otherwise, the easiest way would be to share. And until the next video, I hope that you all have a good one, and I'll see you then. Cheers.